0: Jeffrey Epstein is dead and a lot of you know this by now because by the time this show hits the air uh, a lot of this news has been covered quite extensively but if you follow my show you know I've been pretty laser focused on this guy and some of the other dealings that are similar sex cults like Nexium. there's one called Sanctum which I think Gwyneth Paltrow is a part of um And how it ties into Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, you know, I I have to at least cover it for a little bit on the show. (laughs) Because it's obviously something that I think is one of the reasons why the left has weaponized the bureaucracies to not only hopefully destroy the possibility of a private citizen running for public office, But then when he gets into office, they want to run him out on the rails. They don't want him to get too close to the information. And so what was really interesting was Friday night, I was talking to a couple friends of mine. um, Mark out there, you know who you are uh, on Twitter. He loves the show. Great guy. We were sitting there going back and forth because they had just unsealed a couple thousand documents on Jeffrey Epstein. And then later that next following morning, that's when you get the message. Oh, he was dead. He was suicided, is what some people had said. A lot of people were pointing it at the Clintons, because rightfully so, the Clintons have a, a weird history of people close to them dying, mostly of suicide. Either somebody gets a weight dropped on their head while they're working out at a hotel, a gym, Or maybe uh, somebody is stuffed into a trash compactor who is in the same apartment complex as Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin. I don't know. You get things like this all the time with the Clintons. So somebody who went to Epstein Island's pedophile island some 26 times and as soon as documents become unsealed, he ends up dying? He was on suicide watch. They found him in his cell two weeks earlier with bruises on his neck. I don't know if somebody tried to kill him, but it's interesting how he went out this time completely. This is from Fox News. Correctional officers at the New York City prison that was housing Jeffrey Epstein didn't check on him for hours leading up to his apparent suicide on Saturday, which occurred after his cellmate was transferred for reasons that were not immediately clear. That's like every daggone movie. So they want to off the guy. Well, then we're just going gonna to take the cellmate, remove him, and then go in and, and do the business. Because apparently he hanged himself. But there's nowhere in the facility, from what I've heard, where you could physically fashion a noose. I mean, when people were saying, well, you know, he, he just committed suicide. Yeah, Bill Clinton was involved. It may not be anything. You know, if the noose fits... Wear it, right? Bill Clinton has a history of running around with people, but I don't even think it's just him, because it could be. He's got the history. But think of everybody that was implicated in this. It's it's really interesting. I mean, Prince Andrew. I'll get into some of that here in just a minute, but, yeah, Epstein, 66, found unconscious in his cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Center and later pronounced dead, raising questions about how the wealthy financier imprisoned on sex trafficking charges could have been able to kill himself while in a high-security facility just over two weeks after being placed on suicide watch. For several hours leading up to his death, correctional officers hadn't checked on Epstein, despite being required to visit him every 30 minutes. (laughs) Additionally, Epstein was supposed to have a cellmate, but the person who was assigned to share a cell with Epstein was transferred on Friday before... Uh, Before his death, you know, the Friday where all the unsealed documents came out. It was not immediately clear why the cellmate was uh, transferred nor why no one else was assigned to the room with Epstein. You know, he'd been placed on suicide watch. They had him in a suicide prevented jacket, I guess, some sort of jacket, maybe. He wasn't wearing it. Apparently the cameras that were supposed to focus in on, on, you know, the cells, oh, they were all turned away. Gosh. It's not like somebody didn't take a photo of an empty cell or take a photo of a cell with Jeffrey Epstein in it and put it up in front of the camera like they do in the movies. This is ridiculous. The financier was housed in the facility's special housing unit, a heavily secured part of the Manhattan facility that separates high-profile inmates from the general population. Attorney General William Barr said he was appalled to learn of Epstein's death and announce the FBI and the Justice Department's Inspector General's office will investigate his apparent suicide. Let's hope so. Let's hope that doesn't just slip away like everything else. We'll probably know the details behind who was connected to Epstein by the time we learn what the motive was in the Vegas shooting. Amazing. So, one of the things that came out that was really interesting I mean, we had this back and forth going all Friday evening about, you know, how these 2,000 pages of Epstein-related documents, they hit some powerful people. Lulu Ramadan, at Lulu Ramadan, um, she's a reporter with uh, Palm Beach Post. She had a little thread going on that said, in the 2,000 pages of Epstein-related documents unsealed in New York, several powerful politicians and famous people were named. Epstein's victim, Virginia Gearfree, I think that's how you say her name, Gearfree says that she was directed to have sex with some of them. Here's the list. Gearfree said she was told to have sex with former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, former Senator George Mitchell. She says that back in early 2000s, she met Al Gore and his then wife, Tipper, on Epstein's private island. Remember, Al Gore liked to get them sensual massages. Hmm. Epstein's pilot, David Rogers, details the rich and famous who flew on Epstein's private plane, which he separately used to fly underage sex slaves. It included supermodel Naomi Campbell, chef Adam Perry Lang, Hyatt Hotel's chairman Tom Prinzker, and former Ms. Sweden Eva Dubin. Another apparent regular on the uh, Epstein private plane, Bill Clinton. Among the places Clinton and Epstein visited together all in 2002 are Thailand, Singapore, London, Brunei, Hong Kong, according to uh, a deposition of Epstein's pilot, Dave Rogers. Juan Alessi, this is Epstein's ex-house manager of 13 years, says the, in the unsealed documents that he met several famous people at Epstein's home, including Trump, Clinton, Senator George Mitchell... Prince Andrew, Duchess Sarah Ferguson, Simpsons TV show creator Matt Groening, and Robert Kennedy Jr. Also noteworthy, Epstein's private jet flew into the U.S. naval base in Japan in 2002 to pick up Bill Clinton. Not clear if he needed any special permission to fly in it. Also, on the plane with Epstein and Clinton were British socialite Gislaine Maxwell, remember her? She's the madam. She was the recruitment one. She was the one who got in there and got these people hooked up. And her assistant, Sarah Kellen. Really interesting. Maybe she'll be the one with the heart attack next. I don't know. It's, re- it's really amazing. So when you get into the, uh, the fact that there was all types of impropriety going on on all levels... There, there's some that was really interesting. This is from Op Death Eaters. Um, he's looking into the French connection to Epstein through child trafficker Jean-Luc Brunei, owner of MC2 Model Management. He was Jeffrey Epstein's buddy and supplier who once gave him a 12-year-old as a birthday present. Victims testified in court that Epstein raped young girls from South America, Europe, and the former Soviet Republic's including three 12-year-old girls brought from France as a birthday gift by the head of MC2 model management. In 2005, John-Luc Brunel founded the MC2 model management agency, which Epstein invested $1 million in, according to the 2010 deposition. Epstein promised girls as young as 13, 14, and 15 a MC2 modeling contract in exchange for being raped by whichever acquaintance Epstein designated according to Virginia Roberts. The victim, uh, Brunei's uh, bookkeeper, verified the allegations. According to sources at MC2, John Luke Brunel, I keep saying his name different, brunal Brunei, I can't really tell. But anyways, it doesn't matter. He's the MC2 guy. Scours the world for unagented and vulnerable young girls and operates mostly independently and with little oversight, even relative to the most totally unregulated modeling industry itself yeah there's a big issue in the modeling industry especially when you get into victoria's secret and how um, it makes you wonder going back to the 90s when victoria's secret just blew up into the early 2000s some of the things that made you eh, a little uneasy was probably because there's a culture there Mr. MC2, that's what we'll call him, along with numerous young models, was a frequent passenger on Epstein's private jet, the Lolita Express, according to Flight Manifest, and visited Epstein in jail at least 67 times. He also is featured in Epstein's infamous Little Black Book. Other French notables include Jean-Paul Mallotte, Pierre de Begherst, I can't even say his last name. and There's a few others in there. Employed two, 200 to 300 models at a time, Jean-Luc Bernal, most of them from 13 to 15 years old, he kept them in an apartment owned by Jeffrey Epstein at uh, East 66th Street in New York. So we know that there's a serious issue going on with Epstein and how big this gets if these things come to light. If William Barr presses the issue and goes, Who's connected to all of this? We know it was on the Anthony Weiner laptop, so he messed up when he sexted a 15-year-old girl. We know Bill Clinton has a thing for the young ladies. We know Epstein had him on his island 26 times. So he ends up just mysteriously dead after all those documents are unsealed. I call BS on that. He didn't suicide himself. He was killed. And God only knows who's responsible for it could be somebody connected to Prince Andrew, which I believe is also why um, MI5, MI6 was involved in spying on our presidential election. But these things have to come to light. I don't know if anyone's going to stand to be, uh, you know, brought to justice over this. The Clintons won't. They get away with everything. They literally get away with murder. And I'm not saying this was directly related to the Clintons, but like I said, there's a history. The best thing to do is follow history. And if it aligns with current events, you can kind of get a record. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Patriot Mobile. Now, Big Mobile is using its influence to push radical, anti faith, anti family agendas. If you're using those services, you're supporting their attack on our values. We must become more educated consumers. So don't miss your chance to support gun rights. How about religious liberty, which is on the chopping block on a regular basis, immigration law, and the sanctity of life. When you switch to veteran-led Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone company, get a free month of service this week only. Join thousands of members like me that switched from Big Mobile when they learned that their cell phone bill was supporting Planned Parenthood in sanctuary cities. So it's easy to switch to Patriot Mobile. You'll save money. You'll get the same super reliable nationwide service and you'll feel good about funding the right agenda with unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month. Get a free month of service and support your values when you come on over. Visit PatriotMobile.com, use the promo code, come on over. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com, promo code, come on over to enjoy a free month of service on all new lines this week only. So really, one of the most egregious parts of this whole thing is what we get from the New York Times. In short-staff jail, Epstein was left alone for hours. Guard was a substitute. Wow, imagine that. One of the two people guarding Jeffrey Epstein when he apparently hanged himself in a federal jail cell was not a full-fledged correctional officer, and neither guard had checked on Mr. Epstein for several hours before he was discovered. Those details emerged as Attorney General William Barr sharply criticized the management of the federal jail in Manhattan where Epstein, who was accused of sexually abusing dozens of teenage girls, was found dead. We are now learning of serious irregular irregularities. I, I don't mean to laugh at it, but it's like it's so ridiculous. I mean, is the was the guard the same guy who just, you know, slipped in and killed him? Who knows? It's like a bad spy novel. And this is what we were talking about. I have to laugh. Stephen Miller had the best take on this. So who's going to be the first person to suggest Epstein is actually one of those federal agents on the island now that they're searching it? Do we have someone counting heads of those guys getting on and off the boats? Epstein to the CIA. I need my lucky hat. CIA. Are you serious, bro? Where is it? Epstein. It's my lucky hat. I don't travel without it. It's on the island somewhere. It's about as ridiculous as this story gets. We'll get to the bottom of what happened, Mr. Barr said. There will be accountability. But Mr. Barr did not offer any additional information about the problems at the jail, but questions have been raised about why Mr. Epstein was taken off of Suicide Watch just days after apparently trying to kill himself, and then was left alone in a cell without close supervision. Any co-conspirators should not rest easy, is what Mr. Barr said. Mr. Barr also said Epstein's suicide would not halt the investigation into other people who might have helped him uh, traffic teenage girls for sex. The FBI agents and New York detectives raided Mr. Epstein's private 770-acre island in the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands looking for documents, photographs, videos, computers, and other materials that people who were briefed on the matter had said. And they did this Monday. So, yeah, hopefully this doesn't get pushed under the rug. You know, it was crazy because when you get into some of the details about what was going on with the whole thing, there's more than just a couple of people that are notable as, as far as uh, politics goes. And that was one of the things that I really kind of dug into looking into. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because here's my theory. The Clintons always have something happen to somebody that has information or has some affiliation with them and it always plays out in an unusual fashion first it's like a it's like a mafia style signal you know don't screw with us we'll we'll suicide you and then the protocols for having handled the situation are always so whacked out and just beyond you know beyond imagination that you can get a seth rich type incident and what i mean is you know they said that when Jeffrey Epstein was dying or dead, they said he was in cardiac arrest. They wheeled him out on a gurney for the world to see. No body bag, nothing, nothing to that degree. It was really bizarre. And it's almost like a signal. It's like, we will suicide you. Oh, and by the way, we are going to wrap this whole thing up. And we're going to do so in unusual fashion. You know, The coroner's not going to be able to really give us a good report. And it's kind of it turns into a conspiracy theory. People start speculating. Well, is that a body double on the gurney? Did Mr. Epstein get taken out as one of the, uh, you know, one of the agents that was searching the facility? And then next thing you know, the Seth Rich type conspiracy becomes so loud that at the end of the day, nobody believes any of the details, and they walk out into the night, scot free, rolled right on out. And then they go off to live their lives, as they've done for decades. It happens all the time. Ron Brown gets found in the wreckage of of an airplane crash with a bullet hole in the back of his head. And, you know, next thing you know, (laughs) he's uh, rolling out without a problem. No one says a word. Yeah, just a crash, you know, nothing. You've got a couple different things that I thought was really odd. Neighbors say Ehud Barak visited Epstein Island quite a bit. And who Ehud Barak is, he is a former uh, prime minister of Israel. He was a frequent guest. And then you've got this other article. Adam Schiff, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, advised a think tank led by Jeffrey Epstein's brother. Now he's out there saying, "Oh, we're not connected, but... Democratic representatives, this is from The Daily Caller, Adam Schiff, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and Maxine Waters are just three elected officials who sit on the Congressional Advisory Board of a foreign policy think tank led by Jeffrey Epstein's brother, Mark Epstein. Co-founded by socialite heiress Constant Milston in 1988, the Humpty Dumpty Institute, (laughs) Wow, well, it fell off the wall, and it ain't getting put together at all. They work closely with the United Nations and the State Department in various countries to put pieces back together in parts of the world ridden with conflict. Now, I find it interesting that it is the UN who's involved with this think tank as well, because if you remember what I said, the Clinton Global Initiative, which Jeffrey Epstein said that he helped put together with Bill Clinton, when did they meet? Oh, yeah, they always met. When the U.N. was having their meetings in New York. Yep, always meeting at the same time. Pretty interesting. One of the other people that were involved with the Jeffrey Epstein Island uh, incident, named in the, uh, in the documents that were just released, is an AI pioneer, artificial intelligence pioneer. He was accused of having sex with tra- uh, trafficking victims on Jeffrey Epstein's island. This is from The Verge. Marvin Minsky was named alongside several other prominent men. A victim of billionaire Jeffrey Epstein testified that she was forced to have sex with the MIT professor Marvin Minsky as revealed in the new unsealed uh, deposition. Epstein was a registered sex offender. They get into more of Epstein's past. Minsky, who died in 2016, was known as an associate of Epstein. But this is the first direct accusation implicating the AI pioneer in Epstein's broader sex trafficking network. Unbelievable. Real quick, I want to tell you about Atron Teal. Atron Teal is the world's first ever over-the-counter proven solution for bloating. And if you go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo, use the code mojo, you get a discount. Atron Teal's 90 capsule uh, box is normally $39 uh, a box. When you buy three boxes with the promo code mojo, You will get a three-month supply of bloating and digestive relief for only $99. You save over $20 on three boxes of Entrantil. It's developed by a board-certified gastronologist, Ken Brown, who actually has a show on Spoonie Radio. So go on iHeart.com and check out Spoonie Radio. That is our food and wellness and uh, culture channel. And there's some great programming on there. It's safe for daily use, 100% natural, Polyphenols designed to address bloating problems when they begin, wherever they begin, and not just to treat the symptom. It's not a probiotic. It's not an antibiotic. This blend of polyphenols is designed to your body to work as a gut regulator to end methane and then function as a postbiotic to benefit your overall health. It's the world's only digestive aid that contains... um, which I can really say. And for, your, for you athletes out there, it's the world's only bloating remedy that is NSF certified for sports. So go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo and use the promo code mojo to get that discount. So we we have a part-time guard that just happened to be on duty. And next thing you know, Jeffrey Epstein's dead after 2,000, 3,000 unsealed documents of deposition of his case. His investigation happens. Cameras turned away. All these prominent people are connected to him. Yeah, he just hanged himself, apparently. I'm not buying any of it. The guy was, he had so much dirt on so many people. And I really think, hopefully, Attorney General Barr continues the quest to investigate this because this information needs to come out. I mean, we need to know what's going on with this entire deal. It's it's really over the top. And I don't want it to get swept under the rug and the Clintons ride off into the sunset like they did with Whitewater and Rose Law Firm and Travelgate and... You know, Benghazi and Uranium One and everything else they've done in their storied career. Because I know if you've been to Jeffrey Epstein's Island 26 times, you probably enjoyed it a bit. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So we've been talking about how Jeffrey Epstein, the man who is connected to all types of foreign leaders, to Hollywood, to fashion, to politicians. Bill Clinton much. Um, And we're talking about how there's really a lot of inconsistencies into how this guy committed suicide. You know, they had somebody who was a guard who uh, wasn't really a guard. I guess he wasn't a trained employee and cameras turned away and what have you. And now they're going with the narrative that he hung, he hanged himself with a bedsheet wrapped around the uh, top bunk of his bed. Now, the convicted pedophile who was six feet tall, apparently killed himself by kneeling toward the floor and strangling himself with the makeshift noose. Yeah, he's six feet tall and then he kneeled down because the weight of him kneeling down with the bedsheet, from my understanding, the bed sheets are pretty thin. And they're designed to be that way because of these type of incidences. They don't want this on their watch. But, yeah, that's uh, six feet tall, kneeled to his death. Who's buying this, man? I mean, seriously. Especially when you see who he was hobnobbing with. I mean, you know, we've talked about Ehud Barak. we talked about Bill Clinton. Now it looks as though Bill Gates, this is from the UK Daily Mail, Bill Gates flew with Jeffrey Epstein on the Lolita Express in 2013 with the man whose charity aims to empower young girls joining the serial pedophile Four years after he left prison. Bill Gates flew from Tetero Airport in New Jersey to Palm Beach on March 1st back in 2013. Um, yeah, the pair had spent time together previously, most notably at the annual Edge dinner which each year welcomes billionaires from around the world to come together and discuss advancements. Yeah, that's all they're doing. They're just getting together like they do at the Clinton Global Initiative. Just hobnobbing around thinking about advancements. Probably they're working on advancements in the world of math, science, and technology. Yes, they're making STEM happen. Maybe that's why they wanted all those females to sign up for STEM. Remember, there was, we don't have enough females in the STEM industry. Yeah, let's get them in there and get them young so these billionaires can prey upon them. I mean this what this guy knew and and don't worry it's not all going to end with his death. I believe that. I mean we're hoping that Bill Barr does what he says and uh goes after uh you know all of the available measures he can. But there's still Ghislaine Maxwell. She's the one who put you know she's the one who set things in motion and she was the madam of the bunch. There was still uh the Wiener laptop, Anthony Wiener's laptop, who has all this information on it, which is why Peter Stroke from the FBI, who needed an insurance policy with Lisa Page, because we're going to get Donald Trump, as he said in his emails. Don't worry, we'll get him. He went out of his way to procure the Wiener laptop back from the NYPD, you know, committing fraudulent uh, warrants and what have you. So there's that. And now the New York Times has a piece out where they go into depth in depth with how brazen he was and how, how foreign leaders are connected in this whole thing. One individual said, Jim, Jim, the writer, the author of the New York times piece went to New York, uh, Epstein's New York mansion to discuss rumors that he was advising Elon Musk. Epstein didn't want to talk much about that, but he was effusive on other topics, including sex and his connections to the rich and powerful. He actually said Mr. Epstein avoided specifics about his work for Tesla. He had told me he had one good reason to be cryptic. Once it became public that he was advising the company, he'd have to stop doing so because he was, quote, radioactive. He predicted that everyone at Tesla would deny talking to him or being his friend. He said this was something he'd become used to, even though it didn't stop people from visiting him, coming to his dinner parties, or asking him for money. That was why Mr. Epstein told me without any trace of irony, he was considering becoming a minister so that his acquaintances would be confident in their conversations and that they would be kept confidential. So he was real reluctant to talk about Tesla, but he was more at ease in discussing his interest in young women. Quote, he suggested that criminalizing sex with teenage girls was a a cultural aberration, that at times in history it was perfectly acceptable. He pointed out that homosexuality had long been considered a crime and was still punishable by death in some parts of the world. The slippery slope, I tell you what. So yeah, Epstein, he's got some serious issues going on. Now that he's dead, he doesn't have to worry too much about things. Buck Sexton had this put out. Reminder, my sources on Wall Street have been saying all along that there is absolutely no way that Epstein became a secret billionaire because his investor skills... We're so good. Nobody recalls his trades. Nobody knows how he made his money because he didn't do it by picking stocks. Exactly. This guy, like Keith Rainier from Nexium, which we talked about that in the past, the sex cult in New York with the Smallville actress, and they gave money. The Seagrams heiresses poured money into this sex cult to keep it going that was supposedly a, a self help organization. And they donated a lot of money to the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation, too. So this guy was probably set into motion and was propped up because of blackmail, because of what he knew. That's probably how he profited. And then he built his empire off of that. So R.I.P. Jeffrey Epstein and hopefully not R.I.P. The Truth. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, four different colors. White, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking, outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com, use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com, use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque sturdy rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours. You know, I really didn't have a plan to devote the entire show to Jeffrey Epstein and all of the uh, craziness that is surrounding all of this, but the more I did research just for the show itself, just for things in the news, the more things popped up that were just crazy. You know, here's something that I saw the other day, just from the uh, Gateway Pundit. They reported that a Clinton and Obama economist and former president of Harvard took numerous flights on Jeffrey Epstein's jet. He even flew on Jeffrey Epstein's jet to Epstein's infamous Orgy Island 10 days after his marriage in 05. Now they're reporting that another Clinton elite creep, former Clinton National Security Advisor, took a flight on Epstein's Express from Epstein's Orgy Island as well. It was discovered That creepy former president of Harvard, Larry Summers, flew numerous times on Jeffrey Epstein's jet and even flew to his orgy island. And this is based on flight logs. They show that Epstein's trial, uh, from Epstein's trial, that show Larry Summers flew a couple of times on the Epstein Express to his orgy island. According to the flight records released in Epstein's case, Summers took four trips on Epstein's jet. One of the trips he took was with his newlywed second wife, Eliza. (laughs) They went to a honeymoon on Epstein Island in 05. Now, the Gateway Pundit's reporting that President Bill Clinton's National Security Advisor, Sandy Berger, flew on Epstein's jet from his orgy island as well. Now, remember, Berger was also famous for being charged with stealing documents from the National Archives and stuffing them in his clothes. I remember he went across the street to the construction site and apparently disposed of them in the, in the uh, trash bins. And these were documents that were said to protect President Bill Clinton and himself from actions related to Osama bin Laden. This is from U.S. News and World Report. It's been almost eight years since Clinton-era national security advisor Sandy Berger smuggled classified documents out of the National Archives that detailed his boss's efforts to thwart terrorist threats to the Millennium Celebrations, the crime cost Berger $50,000, $100,000, or 100 hours of community service, and his security clearance, and his law license. They all seem to lose their law license, don't they? I think Michelle Obama lost hers, Bill Clinton lost his. But the agents who went after him haven't forgotten. It weighs on you, says Archives uh, Inspector General Paul Brackfield. And now they've made Berger the poster boy for his new anti-theft initiative. The outreach to uh, archivist includes a slideshow that pictures Berger and three other smugglers under the headline to catch a thief. What's more, Brackfield now has an archival recovery team assigned to work on theft cases. Those acts I don't think can be recreated today. Still, Berger, uh, the Berger episode gnaws at Brackfield because the former top official abused his privileges and because of Berger's actions might have robbed the 9-11 commission of key details related to the probe of the terror plot. Brackfield says Berger was given unique privileges just because he was Sandy Berger. But he also adds that he got a special kind of treatment that will never again be provided. Those unique privileges were rescinded in terms of what it was going to happen again, or to make sure it wasn't going to happen again. He notes that the 9-11 Commission report, which also looked at the Clinton administration's handling of terrorism, could have been compromised. We all know that 9-11 meant to the country and his treating of those records in such a manner will always leave in my mind a cloud over whether or not the 9-11 commission got full production of the records that they requested. And to me, that's an extremely serious and affront to all Americans. <laughs> and now they've identified that this guy was also on Epstein's Island. September 24th, 2005, Berger flew from uh, the Krill E. King airport in st thomas to the uh to an airport in new jersey so uh yeah not only that there's more broadway producer ben spreacher arrested on child porn charges the man behind the musical rebecca was arrested on tuesday on charges of possession of child pornography He's 65. He was picked up by the feds around 6 p.m. at his home on West 122nd Street in the Morningside Heights, which agents are searching, you know, the house. They're going through it right now to try to dig up what they can. But the case was brought by Homeland Security Investigations in conjunction with the NYPD. Wow. Now, we don't know if he's connected. We don't know. But I mean, it's it's really odd, isn't it? Suddenly He's busted. Then you've got this little nugget. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Peter John Dalgish, former United Nations chief and top UN founder of UNICEF, which is the world's largest children charity, arrested on child rape charges in Nepal, and during his arrest, two young children ages 12 and 14 were rescued from his custody. He is the UN founder of UNICEF. Do you see what I'm saying? The UN and the Clinton Global Initiative worked together. The Clinton Global Initiative was trying to help out Haiti, in which there's recordings of Haitian leaders throwing all types of people of American uh, you know, background under the bus, names of how that they were being rooked by these different philanthropies, like the 501c4 of the Clinton Foundation. God only knows if they're using the Clinton Foundation to run some sort of uh, some sort of sex trafficking scheme. But we have to think of all these things because then, on top of that, we're starting to hear that maybe the, the prince of Saudi Arabia, the new prince, the one that's doing all the reforms that we talked about, he was cited at Epstein Island. And I can't confirm that, just as I can't confirm the other thing I saw pretty recently when we were talking about Bill Gates in that UK Daily Mail article. Apparently, the article also identifies a passenger as John Roberts. He flew with Epstein on at least two occasions, according to flight records from March 22nd, 2010 and February 10, 2011. Could this be why all of a sudden he just flipped, became a big staunch uh, advocate for turning Obamacare into a tax into not attacks and then back into attacks and writing the law from the bench. Who knows? (laughs) This could be one of the reasons why he was so malleable at a certain point. He was a conservative star. And then all of a sudden he's turned into an Obama puppet. I don't know. These things need to be looked at because the influence that Epstein could have had on these people could have been so tremendous that it caused ripple effects I mean, look at this. Jeffrey Epstein. This is also UK Daily Mail. He owned a one million dollar home a few miles from his Palm Beach mansion, which has four bathrooms, a pool and no bedrooms and is registered to a company in Finland. He purchased two properties in Florida through a company registered in his name. In addition to his 12 million Palm Beach mansion, which he transferred over to his company in 2011, he owns a one million dollar home in Lake Worth. That property is approximately nine miles south of his mansion and has four bathrooms, a pool, no bedrooms. That's not going to sell well on the market, is it? No bedrooms? What kind of insidious act would you be doing in a house with bathrooms, a pool, and no bedrooms? The cabana was built on the property in 2015. There is a long pool, both of which are very similar to the ones that Epstein previously built in Palm Beach. The current resident is listed as the son of two Finnish nationals whose ties to Epstein are unclear. So the Epstein thing shouldn't be going away because there's going to be a lot of people implicated in this. And I I think you now understand why it was such an important story to me over the years and why I didn't really come out and just go full bore into it on a podcast until I got more and more information because Just the things behind it, the things under the surface are so insidious. It's disgusting, but it's also a flashlight upon what we deal with here in America. The elites, they run things, they do whatever they want to do. They cover themselves, they can off people when they want, and we have to adhere to the standards that they don't have to handle. They can go above and beyond those standards. We, on the other hand, we have to adhere to the law and if we do something wrong on social media, we get doxed and our information gets put out in the public square and we have mobs coming after us because of our stances. But you know what? These guys, these guys can have years and years of devious acts, a, a child pedophile sex island, and it'd be no big deal. Hopefully somebody pulls on the strings on this and the whole House of Cards comes crumbling down. Combat Flip-Flops. Bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat Flip-Flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demining. Everything Combat Flip-Flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about Combat Flip-Flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25 And you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. Now, another interesting story that I read on the Trump-Russia-Hillary Clinton probes was a story that Sarah Carter broke. Overstock CEO, you know, Overstock.com, turned over documents to the DOJ on FBI's Russian and Hillary Clinton probes. Now, this guy, Patrick Byrne, I've heard him before. He's very libertarian. I think he's even been on some of uh, Glenn Beck's shows back in the day. Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne delivered to the Department of Justice a number of documents, including emails and text messages in April, regarding both the origins of the Russian investigation and an FBI operation into Hillary Clinton, with which he was personally involved during the first months, few months of 2016. Byrne also confirmed that this was happening. He claims the documents which have not been made public, are currently under investigation by the DOJ and are allegedly communications he had with the FBI concerning both the Clinton investigation and the origins of the Russian investigation. The documents did not reveal anything because they're under law enforcement review right now, but he approached the DOJ and met with lawyers on April 5th and the 30th. The first meeting was without counsel in Washington, D.C. A source directly familiar with the interviews confirmed Burns' account of of the meeting's. DOJ officials said they could not comment on Byrne's allegations. Quote, I gave the DOJ documents concerning both the origin of the Russian probe and the probe into Hillary Clinton, both of which I was involved in, and both of which turned out to be less than law enforcement than they were about political espionage, Byrne told Sarah Carter. He noted that the communications will prove that the FBI had an operation into the Clinton Foundation that he was directly involved in. This is going to be the greatest political scandal in U.S. history, he said. If we survive it, and if rule of law returns to America, it will be due to one man, Attorney General Bill Barr. Several weeks ago, FBI officials told Sarah Carter that they declined to comment on Burns' allegations. Byrne said the investigation into Clinton was one of the main reasons he came forward. This reporter first published Byrne's story about a relationship with Convicted, uh, now convicted Russian gun rights activist Maria Bettina. Remember her? She was the one that was showing up at the NRA meetings. And, oh, she's the Russian. She pled guilty in 2018 for failing to register as a foreign agent in the U.S. and is now serving out her sentence, which ends in October. Burns' claims regarding the Clinton Foundation investigation are not without parallel. According to numerous officials, the FBI had an ongoing investigation whistleblower and former government informant William Campbell was interviewed in 2018 by bureau agents from the Little Rock, Arkansas field office. If you remember that, we briefly touched on that, but it looks as though the FBI higher ups don't have the control that you would think over the field offices and the field offices ran into some information that made them question William Campbell. So they spoke to him and asked the, F- the FBI agents asked whether or not donations to the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Charitable Organization, from Russia were used to influence U.S. nuclear policy during the Obama administration. Specifically, he was asked about the sale of 20% of Uranium One. Also reported in 2018 by John Solomon at The Hill, agents questioned him extensively about claims that Russia made to them that they had routed millions of dollars to an American lobbying firm in 2010 and 2011 with the expectation that it would be used to help President Clinton's charitable global initiative while major uranium decisions were pending before Hillary Clinton's State Department. Burns said that the FBI was also investigating Clinton's charitable organizations in the first half of 2016 and that he was directly involved in one of the operations being conducted by the FBI. He didn't give details regarding the operations, saying but it said it directly dealt with Clinton and whether or not there was pay for play. Of course there was pay for play. There always is with the Clintons. Byrne appeared on Fox Business Network and revealed his claims about the Clinton investigation. Quote, I ended up being at the center of the Russian and Clinton investigations, he said. I have all the answers. I've been sitting on them waiting for America to get there. Last summer I figured out what they all are is all about political espionage. It had nothing to do with law enforcement. It was all political espionage. Here's the bottom line. There is a deep state like a submarine lurking just beneath the waves of the periscope depth watching our shipping lanes. And a nuclear icebreaker called USS Bill Barr has snuck up on them and is about to ram them midship. That's about to happen. And I think we're about to see one of the biggest scandals in American history as a result. But it was all political. Everything you think you know about Russia and the Clinton investigation is a lie. It's all a cover up. It's all political espionage. And that's, I believe, that political espionage was used to run cover for things like Epstein Island. Connecticut Attorney Johnny, uh, John Durham, who has been appointed by Justice Department investigator Attorney General William Burr, or Barr, is probing the FBI's handling of the investigation into Russia. And according to several sources, is investigating the full extent of Burns' claims and the documentation he provided in April. So hopefully we'll get some justice out of that. But, you know, you think about what happened in Benghazi in Syria, the gun running campaign where we took weapons from Gaddafi, ran it through Benghazi, sent it over to the Free Syrian Army, which is basically infected by Al Qaeda. So we're running guns. Is there a back end where the Clintons are profiting off of this? We know Sidney Blumenthal took over in Libya with his company. He was playing both sides of the fence. Now, Sidney Blumenthal, Sid Vicious, was a Clinton crony. And his company was used to help one side of the Libyan opposition and then keep it in chaos on the other side. So you've got Sid Vicious Sidney Blumenthal benefiting from Libya. You've got the Clinton Foundation benefiting from the chaos of the natural disasters in Haiti, taking its mining resources, according to Peter Schweitzer's uh, Clinton Cash movie. Also, we think maybe the Clinton Foundation is using some of the some of the children from that area. You've got Epstein Island, which was probably providing all types of fun services to foreign leaders and Hollywood and Broadway and fashion, and you've got all that going on. Always convening around the same time at the UN, in which you had the UN founder of UNICEF busted for you know, child rape. You've got the possibility that John Roberts could have been on that airplane, and now he's compromised. And they hold that over his head to make him take extra uh, judicial acts that he doesn't have the ability and the power to do, but to weaponize the Supreme Court in favor of these people. You've got the fact that all types of tech industry people, the guy who was making AI, you've got Bill Gates. They say maybe Elon Musk, but that remains to be seen. You've got Bill Clinton, Sandy Berger, Al Gore. Bill Richardson, former governor of, of New Mexico. George Mitchell. These are just the first few names. We still got more documents to come. You've got all this going on. And we're supposed to act as though there's not some sort of double standard for the elite. That that justice is being divvied out as it should be on, to everyone. We have to think that these people that are in power that get up there and say, well, you know, Donald Trump is an immoral uh, you know, he's he's void of any sort of morality. These people who show up with no morals in the beginning when they're running for office, who get BJ's under the resolute desk and finger pop with with stogies on interns that work below them like Bill Clinton did. You think that these people have the moral authority and especially when they're all convening down at an island with underage women having their way with them? Maybe they're doing it on the airplanes. This is why this needs to come out. We need to destroy all of the status quo with the elites. All of the, the fun protections they thought they had. It all needs to come down. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo50 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to mojo50.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m. You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to Patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to Anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parler, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter, and you can also read the blog, com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.